This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. And today, we are joined by the one and only... Chad Eddy from Indium. And I would be remiss if I didn't give you a little rhyme right here, but in the middle, we have the Yeti and we have Chad Eddy. <laughs> Look at the skunk oh ape on Kyle's shirt. Let's go, baby. That's the I official Florida Risk Partners Fear the Skunk Ape t shirt. That's right. I love it. What's more There's- American than a USA visor and a skunk ape t shirt? <laughs> Let me tell you something. There are only two of those Skunk Ape t-shirts in existence. That's you right. have one and I have one. Hell yeah. No, there's three. Nash has one. Oh, that's he right. A, he, he sure has a does. Onesie. He doesn't fit in that thing anymore. No way that thing Long fits gone. anymore. Yeah, no. let me buy oh. little, I'm going to have to buy him a little baby doll to put that on. He can carry around. <laughs> All right. While, while we're razzing each other, Kyle, is that an Ohio State mug I just saw? You know it. Oh, boom. It's a good thing and I didn't wear there. my... Uh, I didn't wear my Clemson gear today for you. I'll do yeah, that next well, time. Hey, I mean, uh, we're up right now on on you fools. We we got we got last blood. So <laughs> by the way, it's Chad's true. talking to you from Columbus, Ohio. So I know. Yeah. Right. Well, I saw right. Westerville on there, so I, uh, I I figured as much. But yeah, my yeah, uh, I mean, my daughter uh, and my money go to Ohio State right now, but my heart <laughs> is with Clemson. So well, there you go. <laughs> Too funny. Well, listen, Chad, before we get ramped up and start getting into it, um, why don't you give everybody a little bit about your background, and then we're going to start talking about Indium and what Indium does and why people may not have heard of them before, why they may be hearing a lot about them going forward, and some of that stuff. So talk talk a little bit about Chad first, and then we'll dive in. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for uh, having me, you guys. Um yeah, I joined Indium back in 2014. Uh, I have a bit of a checkered past leading up to that, um, but a little bit of insurance experience um, leading up to my time coming to Indium, um, which at the time was actually called Market Source. So um, coming to Indium back in 14 uh, had a great opportunity, and as hopefully people will start learning as we learn and share more about Indium, um, we're a group owned by agents. We've always been owned by agents. We are founded by agents. We're always for agents and do things in the most agent-friendly way. Uh, and when I arrived, it was a great moment, and credit to 
um, you know, our ownership team and, and the agents that help lead the company, um, it was a time to take a step back and kind of say, hey, where have we been and where do we want to go? The world had changed dramatically. And um, honestly, guys, when I when I came to this opportunity, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. I mean, I knew, uh, you know, we're a smaller company, um, great opportunity to do innovative things. But outside of that, really didn't know what I was getting myself into. And uh, sitting down with these guys for, you know, a number of months, really trying to reimagine the future of our company and keep up with, as you guys know, the industry is moving really damn fast. And, um, you know, were we keeping up? And if not, what did we need to do to keep up and really get ahead? So uh, that's the journey we've been on the last seven or eight years. And it's been a ton of fun. I mean, as the leader of Indium, um, you know, we've had a chance to kind of reinvent what we do internally. We've invested in new technology. We've brought on new people. We've built a brand new culture um, and really focused on service and our agents and doing the right thing each and every day. Um, and now, you know, growing nationally. So we're a group founded here in Ohio, um, but, you know, now we're in 19 states. Um and that's our goal. I mean, given what we do and kind of who we are, we love to connect with agents everywhere. We don't care where they are. If they value what we value, um, then we're ready to rock and roll with them. So uh, that's that's kind of where we're at and a little bit about me. Good deal. So why don't you give everybody sort of the 10,000-foot overview of what Indium is and what it does, and then we'll ju we're just going to pepper you with questions after that. You're going to feel like you're in some sort uh of a... <laughs> Some sort of a deposition, I guess. It's it's all good. I got my my venti coffee. I'm ready to go. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, it's a great question, and I would start with um, Indium. We think of ourselves as an agency network, and probably you know you guys and everybody listening probably goes pause. What's an agency network? Yeah, that's exactly like, where I was going to go because immediately my peer group is going to think cluster, right? They're going to think right, you know, and I'm not going to name names. Clusters have their place. I'm not a. I'm not for or against one way or the other. Um, I hate but you're when not. you don't name names. I wish you would. <laughs> no, no, you don't. <laughs> it keeps us out of a lot of trouble. I know. I know. <laughs> but I mean, uh, you know, and, and I mean, we we've had Matt Massiello from SIAA on the show. Yep. I mean, really yep. sharp guy, and I like what they're doing in for you know people in Caitlin Agar from Quantum <laughs> again. Different strokes for different folks. For some people, that's the right solution, and it's not my job to judge how other people run their business or choose to adapt, but I want to be very clear that that's not what Indium is. Indium is not a franchise. It is not a uh, cluster. It is truly market access and an, and an agency network to gain market access. Yeah, exactly, David. And, and um, you know, one of the exercises we went through, as I mentioned back in 14, when I got here and we kind of took a step back and said, who are we and what do we want to be when we grow up? One of the first things we did is we put all the different models up on a board, right? So like aggregator, wholesaler, network, cluster, broker, you know, you name it. And again, being a group led by agents, you've got agents in the room saying, yep, I engage with that group for this purpose. Yep. I would engage with that group for that purpose. And to your point, we all serve value. Like we all deliver a certain value, um, based on what agents need and what they're looking for. Um, but when it's insightful to like say, all right, well, who are we? Like, we're not a broker. We're not a wholesaler. We're not an aggregator. We're not an alliance. We're not a cluster. So who are we? And you know, the evolution of this, um, model called agency network, um, is, 
much like the other groups. It's evolving. And I think the lines are blurring and to to the uninformed or the uninquisitive, you may just put everybody in one bucket. Everyone's an aggregator or everyone's a wholesaler. And um, one of one of the groups I've been a part of is INA, which is the Insurance Networks Alliance. And the purpose of that group is to really help set clarity around what's an agency network and what defines an agency network over a cluster or an aggregator or a wholesaler. And so we work hard at, at defining that and really kind of um, holding true to what that means. And really what that means is, to your point, David, um, we're a network of agents, meaning we have a relationship and part of it is contractual. We have a contractual relationship with our agents, um, albeit super agent friendly, no hooks and crooks, as we say. Um, but we also have what we call a centralized managed group, which means we help agents write business and place business with carriers. We also provide other solutions like training and ENO and cyber and all the, the additional resources that we want to bring to our agents speaks to the relationship we're looking for. We don't want to be a transaction, as an example, on one end of the spectrum, um, but we're not super exclusive or franchise on the other end of the spectrum. So in the middle, if we're an agency network in that middle part, we want to have a dedicated partnership with our agents and we want to deliver value and we want to um, help them grow just, just like any other strategic partner. Just so happens market access is at the core of everything we do. Uh, and then we complement that with these other resources and build our relationships and try to add value in the long run over time. Good deal. So you're in 19 states. I know that you have plans to grow into other states. What are you looking for in an agency and what is the typical agency looking for that comes to you? I realize those are two different questions, so break them up and answer them separately. And since I asked two at once, you can pretend like Kyle asked the second one because he hates it when I ask a question <laughs> right before he's going to ask it. Almost every time. <laughs> nice. Um, agents, first and foremost, are looking for market access. Just like you've said, David, that's, you know, when we were founded back in 2005 by agents sitting in a room saying, you know, what's the burning issue in the marketplace for independent agents that we can bring to bear to help independent agents stay independent. That was market access back then. It's still market access now. Um, and that's why, you know, that's at the core of what we do. And that's typically what agents are looking for is, hey, I, ne I need access to markets. Um, but you dig into that a little bit. And this is where it speaks to kind of what we look for in an agency Well, let partner. me be clear about something um, first. Agents looking for markets does not mean agents Correct. looking for markets of last you resort should be you calling it. you, right? So I wanted to it. set the table going in, people. This is not one of those deals where you go to everybody you can go to and then you throw a, a Hail Mary to Indium hoping that they can get you placed with somebody that's going to be able to do this deal this one time. This is true partnership, and one of the beauty, beautiful parts about it is it's for agents, by agents, or by agents, for agents, however you want to say it, and so it's a very friendly group, but you have to be friendly yep. back. You know, this, is, this, this situation only works if you are using it the way it was intended. So with that, I'm going to I'm gonna let Chad talk some more. But I want to be clear because I already know there's some devious PNC people out there that are letting the wheels spin thinking, oh, I've got this, you know, I've got this turd I'm going to try and polish and send over to Indium, you know. You call it a turd, we happen. call it putting lipstick on a pig, but same same concept. So you're exactly right, David. I'm yeah. glad you, you called that out. Yeah, um, 
when when I was saying like, you know, we dig into what does that mean you need access to markets? And we'll hear, oh my God, I've got this $30,000 account I can't place. I need you to write this with me. Red flag number one. Like, could we do that? Sure. But ultimately, what does that mean for us long term? And that's really where we say, nah, on the surface, that's not what we're here for. But tell us more about your agency. Tell us more about your plans. How can we fit and make sure that um, kind of to your point, David, in our journey of, you know, really kind of reinventing ourselves, we were talking partnership the whole time. Like, what did we want in that ideal agency partner? And it was partnership, partnership, partnership. But we were sort of behaving like that broker. We were kind of behaving like the, hey, send us that account. Are we chasing premium? And that's when we said, nope, we're not doing that anymore. We want partners. We want to understand where that agency's heading. We want to understand what our role is going to be. And sometimes we know that's different for everybody. Not everyone's going to want their E&O or cyber through us, or not everyone's going to want our training solutions. Everybody needs a little, uh, a, a little bit different mix of what we can bring to bear. And that changes over time too. We know like today may be a no, but tomorrow's a yes. And we want to make sure we're there for them for the long haul on their journey as much as ours. Yeah. And I think it's important too, Chad. I mean, you, you and I, you know, way more about Indium than I do, but I know enough that I just take some things for granted. Not everybody's going to be seeing this in video. So I, you know, I can see the plaques behind the wall. This, this isn't, you know, a wholesaler where we're talking about excess and surplus lines. We're talking about, when we talk about market access, we're talking about standard markets that you might be having a difficult time getting an appointment with, but because of the model and the aggregation of larger amounts of premium, Indium has the ability to provide you if you're an approved partner with access to those markets, you may not be able to get contracts with on your own. And I think that that's an awesome thing because, you know, your options outside of Indium and there may be some others, I'm just not aware of them. So before anybody sends me hate mail telling me that I don't know what I'm talking about, you know, your options are typically a cluster or a wholesaler, an MGA type relationship that has those standard markets. And that's not what this relationship is. And so define what that actual relationship looks like a little bit, because I think that's one of the things that makes you guys so unique is it's not, you know, sending over a submission to an underwriter that's a third party at a wholesaler who has to go to the underwriter at the carrier who, if they have questions, goes back through the wholesaler who comes back to you and you're playing the telephone game. It's an absolute nightmare when you get into those situations, especially, you know, there's a lot of people out there. And, and this is something that, that I found when I started Florida Risk. Um, you know, for those carriers that I did not already have a book with or a reputation with, I ended up having to go the wholesale route and I'm not wired to, to do that. I need to have direct access to the underwriter that I'm dealing with and talk to them and be able to, you know, make sure they understand. I know what I'm doing. I know this risk. I've touched it. I've felt it. Here's my, here's the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever else. You guys are completely different. And that's one of the things that I think should be appealing to those people that are out there and they just need a little kickstart. They need a little bump to get the get the markets to get them over the hump. Maybe they've got a few already directly, but they can't get everything they need yep. or whatever else. Yeah. But I'll let you Yeah, I would say a couple stuff. of things. And we've learned this over time, engaging with our agents and certainly new agents coming in who may be starting from scratch, like, hey, I need access to markets to get started. The nice thing about, um, and I don't think it's, terribly unique out in the marketplace. Um, With our national carriers, what we're seeing more and more is um, 
agents who really sort of maximize fewer relationships with carriers in their agency, and they look at us as that fourth or fifth direct appointment, but we just happen to have 20 or 25 carriers behind that. So it helps them become more efficient and effective in their agency. They don't have 20 carrier visits. Really, they have four. We handle the other 20, you know what I mean, in terms of managing that relationship with carriers. So that's where agents are really thinking of us more of one additional direct appointment, but access to 20 or 25 carriers behind us. Um, to your point, standard markets. So we don't dabble in ENS. So what we're seeing more and more is agents saying, you know what, I've got the regional or I've got the mutual relationship. I know I can feed that mouth all day, every day. But from a national carrier standpoint, I'm going to use Indium for access to national carriers. And that's starting to evolve more and more and we're seeing it work. The agents that are growing most with us have set their agency up and our relationship up just like that, which has been awesome. Um, the other side of it, like you said, is accessing our carriers happens in one of two ways. Um, subcodes, which again, isn't isn't super secret in the industry, um, but subcodes give agents that direct access, right? And um, albeit it's still under our master code and we still manage the carrier relationship, the nice part of that and how that works is agents get to know that carrier. And if they want to pursue growth with that carrier, we as a company don't have requirements per se when they get subcodes or right with carriers. But what we do see is agents get really good with that carrier and they grow to a point where they can go direct with that carrier. And we let that happen. I mean, that's part of our model is we want to facilitate that. Um, doesn't happen with every carrier all the time, but you do get a sense of which agents really start focusing on that subcode relationship. They hit a, per, a certain point where they're growing, it's profitable. All three of us decide, hey, that's a great direct relationship. Let them get a direct appointment. We don't lose the relationship. In fact, we've just gained a fan out in the marketplace. So <clears throat> we give them that opportunity to grow into it. That's yeah. a good point. We do have a little bit, David, just to your point of um, you know that part and largely on the commercial side where we will help agents place business. And what we're trying to do, David, to your point – you know, unfortunately, we're still emailing Accord Forms. It's 2021. It makes my head explode. But we're getting more technology in place to let technology do technical things that allow agents to be more efficient and let our team who have the expertise and the knowledge and can consult and be influential with our carriers, let our teams play in the more complex space, let technology drive the more transactional workflow. And like partners with Tarmica, we're getting there and, and agents are loving it. So nice. Well, I mean, that's the thing, too. Go ahead, Kyle. Nothing. I'm good. No, well, part no, of it too, man, is no, I get started it. freaking out. Oh, got it. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it from your perspective as well. You know, you have a loss ratio Correct. you have to answer to. I mean, let's face it. I mean, in in the commercial world, you can't trust that everybody's going to have your best interest Correct. in mind. So, I mean, having some level of quality control on the front end, I believe, is extremely important. You know, in order to make sure that Indium can remain profitable so that they can continue to provide market access. And I mean, that's that's the biggest thing is it's something that we preach about all the time, man. If you're, if you're a producer and you're out there selling on value, if you're out there and you're talking to clients about total cost of risk, it doesn't mean every single piece of business you have has hair on it. It just means that you can also go and get some of the better performing risks and take them to another level and make them even cleaner. But, you know, unfortunately, I think that it's probably, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, 
it's probably an inherent trait of indium to attract adverse selection. You You know, and I want to be clear. I'm probably going to say it 10 more times on this podcast. That's not what you guys do. You know, you're here to help people who have the right business but don't have the right home for it due to whatever circumstances, find the right home and get them, make them able to represent that client they otherwise may not be able to represent. You got it, 100%. And I would say the other side of the equation, as much as we're talking about agents and you know what we look for in partnership, is the carrier side of the equation. And what we've learned, and I've learned a lot being a part of INA, the Insurance Networks Alliance that you know we started a few years ago, which again, on a national level, is networks coming together to collaborate, you know, both from an agent side of things, but a carrier side of things, and helping... Um, helping all of us understand the expectations on the carrier side. And ultimately, profitable growth is what we all need. It's what we all want. Carriers' expectations have really raised in that vein in terms of what they need from networks. They're, they're more and more asking, <clears throat> you know, who are your most um, uh, savvy agents? Who are, your, I'll say in air quotes, who are your best agents? And it's like, okay, what does that mean? Best by what standard, right? Is it volume? Is it a volume question we're looking for? Um, but really what they're looking for, David, to your point is like, um, sophistication in writing good accounts. That's what we're here for. We do provide that sort of buffer for the carriers to say, hey, we're going to frontline underwrite the agency before they come into the network. So we do have a sense of who they are, what they're trying to accomplish, what kind of business do they write? Is that a fit for our carriers? And then as we do business together, we also provide some frontline screening in terms of the submission. Is it complete? Is it accurate? Where's the right home? We don't carpet bomb our carriers to say, hey, we got a submission. Who wants it? We try to do a, a much better job of understanding specifically what our carriers like right. So we are sending them the right submissions because that relationship's hugely important too. Because every now and again we got to call in a favor, and you know we're not going to get a, a favor if we're just carpet bombing carriers hoping something sticks. So that's a hugely important dynamic of our model. Um, and then to your point, sometimes agents will come to us, like you said, David. Hey, I got a book of business. Can I just roll it to you? Why? Tell me about that book of business. <laughs> you know, yeah. well, doesn't that just rinse out in the wash? Nuh-uh. We we want agents to stand on their own two feet from a profitability standpoint, because if we treat all of our agents that way and work with them that way, we're going to grow profitably as a network, you, you know, tenfold. And that's what our carriers expect of us. Yeah, I mean, and to your point, when you need to call in the favor, you will be that eight hundred pound gorilla in the future that has the premium aggregation to get the favors done. But you got to have the loss ratio to back that up. Otherwise, you're just yeah. talking into the wind. And I would think yeah. that that's one of the main things you're looking for. You know, it's tough to determine who's going to be a good partner for Indium if it's just a bunch of startup agencies trying to come in, get market access that haven't proven they can write profitable business yet. You know, they may have a, a history and a track record as a producer to go out and write business, but that doesn't tell you, that tells you that they can go out and they can drive top line revenue. That's only one part of the equation, right? And producers don't always look at um, what their loss ratio ends up because they get commission on selling the deal. It's the agency principal that's the one that has to uh, manage loss ratios for profit sharing or contingency checks, whatever you want to call them. And that's a little bit different mindset that you have. You know, I'm having to do is the agency principal some field underwriting, you know, to know, okay, this is somebody we want to bring in our book. I understand they've had some issues. Yes, I think we can fix them. This is what we can do to fix them and and go down that road. But that's not, 
how everybody always thinks. They just, you know, they see an opportunity and they want to seize it. And so I would encourage anybody listening to this, you know, get that part of your house in order, whether it, whether you're reaching out to Indium or not. You know, there are a lot of people that have come from the captive world that have run agencies but aren't used to the independent channel and things work right. obviously much differently here. I would imagine NDMC is a, their fair share of those people approaching them to uh, yep. to become partners and have market access. But there's also a large number of producers that just decided they wanted to be entrepreneurial. They were sick of the status quo and wanted to go hang yep. their own shingle. And that's the hat that I, I mean, that that's where I fall in. Um, that that's how I started my agency. And those people don't know how to run an agency yet. I mean, there's so many things that you have to learn. I'm fortunate that I got to see two different agencies as startups before um, I opened mine. So I had a little bit of a flattening of the learning curve, but that doesn't mean I still didn't get whacked with a few things, you know, in between the, the eyes as, as we've grown. So, um, what, what's the demographic of the agency you, you'd like to see? Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, our current makeup, um, you know, we run the gamut. We've got some large agencies, 20 employees, you know, 10, 15, 20 million in premium. And we got small, literally husband and wife agencies on, you know, Main Street, you know, wherever. Um, and, you know, our founding still holds true today. At the end of the day, we're here to help independent agents stay independent. And as we know, that can look and feel different depending on where they are, what they're trying to accomplish, the make, you know, shape and mix of what's going on in that agency. And we've made a commitment to really kind of understand, you know, what is it they're trying to solve for and can we be there to help them? So <clears throat> sometimes it's hard when someone says, well, oh, how many agents, you know, do you want to have in your network down the road? And we're not a group that would say, you know what, we need a thousand agents in the next five years. We would rather grow more intentionally with the right agents who value what we value and can find us as a strategic resource uh, as they go. So what we're seeing though now, I think the inter interesting trend, what we're seeing, and this is the group um, you know, that does excite me, um, with all the M&A activity that's happening, there's a lot of producers, what we call spinoffs, saying, hey, this was supposed to be my agency. Now we just sold to the man. I don't want to work for the man. I want to run an agency. So they're spinning off and hanging their own shingle for the first time. They've got a book of business. They're experienced. They know how to work with carriers. They just need a place to start. And that's the group, you know, frankly, that we were kind of targeting 15 years ago. And now we're targeting them again. It's just a, a new time and a little bit of a different context in terms of what defines a startup agency. But here's what's cool. They're tech savvy. They've got high expectations. They really don't have boundaries. They're going to write nationally. They know how to build a digital agency from the ground up. And they're, they're very savvy and resourceful. And that's exciting because that pushes us. That pushes us to meet them where they are. We could, we could do business the old way and just kind of keep doing our thing, but we don't want to. We want to be there for that group that says, hey, the independent agency is a really cool gig. It's entrepreneurial. I want to run my own business. I want to hire people someday. That's the group that's exciting to be with. When you guys were sitting around the, the table seven, eight years ago, making changes and, and coming up with, you know, like, as you said, what you guys want to be when you grow up, what were some of those things that, that were, you know, pillars that, that you had to have happen? And then what were some of the challenges that kind of arose from making those changes or along the yeah, way? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say, um, number one, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clear my throat real quick. Sorry. <clears throat> I don't know if we have editing room, but if we can <laughs> edit that space out. Um, 
it started with kind of where's here. I'll, I'll maybe bear with me. I'll tell a little bit of a story to answer your questions. It started out with where's here. Like we knew where we came from pretty much unevolved for 10 years, but on all major metrics, we were growing, right? Zero to 50 million in 10 years, 750 agents in our network, five states. On the surface, everything looked great. And, you know, I come in and it's like a lot of pressure. Let's keep that, let's keep that going. Well, we really dug into that. Like, what does that mean? And we surveyed our agents. We surveyed our carriers. We did a competitive analysis. Uh, we did an industry analysis. Like, we unturned every stone. Before we said, hey, let's take on all the great new ideas. Let's figure out where's here. And I, we sort of affectionately refer that to that moment as our oh shit moment because things weren't great. Agents really didn't like us. They didn't like doing business with us. We weren't delivering a very good service. We weren't responsive. So immediately, okay, operational issues. Like why, why weren't we delivering from a service standpoint? And at the end of the day, that's what we do. We deliver a service. Um, so NPS became a big measure of ours. We were NPS snobs. We started measuring NPS right away and that kept us honest. So immediately it was all hands on deck. We're focusing on our agents. We're going to recommit to delivering a service that they expect. So that was number one. Um, number two was we wanted to grow. Like we wanted to be a national company. And what did growth mean to us? Was it, you know, 5,000 agents over five years? Was it 200 million in premium over five years. We threw those numbers up on a board and it all looked kind of sexy, but that's when we really said, but who do we want to grow with both from an agent standpoint and a carrier standpoint? And that's where we said, Hey, let's, let's define who that is before we just chase premium. Um, so we got really good at what does a partner mean? We talked about that earlier. Like we didn't want to be a transaction. We made that commitment. We're not just going to be a random transaction and let people use us and abuse us. We wanted partnership. We wanted to be a strategic partner. Um, and let the growth come from doing business with the people that value what we value. Uh, the other thing was um, the way we do business in technology. I mean, I'll, I'll say this sort of jokingly, but it's really sort of true. When I came, we were two men in a fax machine. I mean, we were literally taking Accord Forms off fax machines, throwing them out on a table, manually reviewing handwritten apps that we couldn't read. You, you know, that was what we stepped into. And we said, hey, no more. Like, not only do we need technology, we need to help our agents adopt technology because that's where everything's going. And um, so we made that commitment. We were going to start investing in technology internally so our team could feel good about arming them with tools to deliver a good service. It's not that we didn't want to deliver a good service. We just weren't, we weren't armed to do it. So we started investing in technology and then we started investing in other things. And this was one of the learnings, um, Kyle, to your point, one of the challenges, uh, Internally, this all felt awesome. Like I was super psyched. Like we're going to burn one company to the ground. We're going to start a new one, whole new team, whole new culture, new technology. We're going to add all these new things. We're going to bring NPS to our agents. We're going to bring training solutions to our agents. And part of that came from surveys. We surveyed our agents like, hey, what do you need in today's, you know, real life marketplace to help you get to where you need to go? And we got all this great feedback and we just said, all right, awesome. Let's go invest in that stuff. We're going to bring all these new things to agents. And you know what? We moved too fast. It was too much change, too fast on really every front. For me and my team, we were moving really fast. We weren't communicating very well. We were sort of disorganized for our agents that knew us as one thing. And now we were trying to tell them we're not that anymore. We're going to be something different. Moved really fast. And some of them, and thankfully, like they moved with us. Like, hey, great. We're on board. We're going to go with you. Half, mm -hmm. of them, half of them said, no, thanks. And you know what? That was okay because we weren't going to hang on to our history to keep us from getting to where we needed to go.
Well, like you said, you wanted to grow with the right people. So if you got to shed some of that weight to, you know, to get to where you want to be, I think that that makes the most sense. Yep. Yep. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot. I I like to look back on those days and just say, Hey, if we could have done something different, what would it have been? You, You know, one major thing I would say is again, along the lines of moving fast, we were super excited to kind of reinvent ourselves and be kind of something new in the marketplace. Um, we invested heavily and we invested fast and, mm. um, you know, we could have peeled that back a little bit and just kind of been a little more deliberate. Um, I'm sort of an impatient ADD person. So it's like, let's just keep moving. We'll learn as we go and failure is okay. We want to, we want to learn from doing is what we say internally as a culture. Um, but there's impact to that and maybe we could have managed that a little better. There's always going to be those people that are early, you know, adopters and, and then the ones that don't or that are late, you know, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously, but it's, it's tough to right. figure out how, how much of an impact that would have had. Because I mean, sometimes if you're, if you're trying to go a totally different direction, sometimes you just got to cut bait and do it. Yep. Yep. So, and we're constantly tweaking. I mean, that journey hasn't ended because now we're Indium and we do new and different things. You know, as you guys know, there's lots of new technology coming. We're constantly looking at new technology. And, you know, again, the great thing about being led by agents, I get to sit in a room with agents saying, hey, would you do this? Like, how, how would you do this in your, before we go to market and we think it's a great idea, we really get immediate feedback from our agents, which is awesome. What's some of that well, new tech that you're talking about? Yeah, well, yeah, I was going to get to that. Um, one of the no. things that I think's funny is, that you say, you know, you're not done. I tell you, you're just getting started, dude. You haven't even, you're, you've been sitting on the tarmac waiting to get the all clear from the FAA to take <laughs> off. And they, I hear the engines revving and the planes fixing to leave the airport. But to Kyle's point, do you, yeah, talk a little bit about some of the technology. You mentioned Tarmica in passing. And I mean, to me, if you guys have an integration with Tarmica that allows people that are Indium partners to have access to that, that is a huge bonus that they may not go out and get on their own. And it, it's a win, win, win all the way around for everybody. So talk about that partnership a little bit, please. Yeah. Tarmica has been huge for us. And, and as I mentioned earlier, and I, I'm literally guys going to paint this picture for you. We would get email to cord forms, fax to cord forms. We'd print them all out. We'd sit around a table at eight in the morning and we'd all kind of scramble and try to read through these accord forms and then dole them out based on people's availability and capacity. And someone would have to go back. And for every submission, you know, that's my team keying data entry into three, four, maybe five quoting systems before we've even delivered a service to the agent. So it's like the agent keyed something in, spit it out. We printed it out. We keyed it in not only to our system, but then we're keying it again three and four more times into other systems. And it's like, whoa, like you just take a step back and you say, our service is really data driven. We're in a supply chain of data, as I think of it. Um, We have to deliver a human experience on top of it. But man, we need technology because no no agent, not not one that I know, likes to send in an Accord form for a $500 BOP and want a quote two days later. Like, and this is speaks to the agents we're really starting to engage with is the expectation is, hey, I'm on the road all day. I'm having client visits. When I get home, I want a beer and my pizza and do the quoting myself. Awesome. Like, let's go get that technology that lets them do that. If that's what they want to do, let's 
get technology to help that workflow because what that does for us, that takes that off our team's desk, so to speak. And now my team that has that level of expertise can be more consultative when things get complex. So Tarmica really fits that bill and it's in the small commercial space where real-time rate quote buying through API integration, agents can get on one platform enter their data once and now they're getting like, you know, third party data in. So even the number of questions is getting minimized and they're getting multiple bindable quotes in the moment. My team hasn't even touched anything. So everybody wants that. You know, it's not that like, oh, we don't want people or they're bad people or they don't know what they're doing. It's just, no, that's the nature of the beast today. So let's get ahead of that game and free my team up to do more consultative, more of the complexity work. Um, with agents pursuing middle and larger accounts, let the small commercial be done on technology. So Tarmica, you know, we are getting more effective with our time simply because we've got Tarmica and agents are loving it. Like I had an agent email me a few months ago saying, you know what, I just found a policy on a Saturday afternoon. Awesome. And we did it like in 12 minutes. So yeah, let's, man, let's build on that. One of the other thing, I mean, what's what's some more technology outside of Tarmica that you've um, that you've adopted? And then the next thing I wanted to get into after that is talk about some of the training resources, both what you're doing now plus what's coming up. And there's some things I know that I'm going to be involved in that I've given you my word that I will help with. Um, yep. That that we can talk through some of that as well. But I mean, that's another huge value add, man. I mean. But but to talk a little bit about a little bit more about some of the tech you've adopted, and then we'll get into that piece. Yep, um, we are a Salesforce shop, so we have completely rebuilt our infrastructure on Salesforce. Um, what that's enabled us to do is two things that was hugely important. Again, when you dig into this workflow and this operation, you realize how disjointed things can be. We got on one platform, which gave us one view of our customer, so to speak. So now, whether you're in sales or insurance operations or accounting. We can all see what we're all doing with that customer, all in the same place, all real time, all of our interactions, all right there. So next time anybody on my team gets a call from an agent, we know exactly who's talked to them, what emails have been sent to them. We didn't have that before. We had an accounting system that did accounting things. We had an AMS system that did AMS things. And then we finally got a CRM to do marketing things. And none of the three talked. So just our ability to have a more meaningful discussion. And that's our game. We want to have a great relationship with our agents. That means we should be informed and know kind of who's doing what with, with everybody. So investing in that technology so that we can be uh, better at our relationships was really important. Um, the next iteration of our Salesforce implementation is Service Cloud. And Service Cloud is going to elevate our game from a service standpoint because two things. Number one, it's going to allow us to work all of our workflow in a more automated fashion. So is that's what we do is we handle work requests, right? A new business submission, a renewal request, an endorsement request. Today, those are all handled through different email boxes and through different people. Now we're going to bring all that workflow into Salesforce through Service Cloud. And on top of that, in or, you know, to not only be able to automate some of that workflow and make it more streamlined, we're going to be able to track our service level standards. And that's something we really focused on in a manual sense that, hey, Certain quotes of certain complexity need to be turned around in certain timeframes. Now we can manage that automatically and through technology, and we can really kind of hold ourselves accountable to are we delivering the service we set the standard for ourselves. So that's the internal side of it. The external side of it is if you think of our workflow, um, the first thing agents want to know is do you have a market to write something? 
Okay. Today they got to email somebody or call somebody and say, Hey, do you have a market for coffee cup manufacturers? I always use that example. And you know what my team has to do? Log on to carrier websites, pull up a bunch of PDFs, you know, and that's clum today. That should be real time. So you got companies like Ask Kodiak. Um, you got uh, Tarmica has some of this feature available to it. Ivan's has a market search capability. So that's an opportunity to build out self-service where our agents can literally be in a client's office talking about an account, looking up on their phone as an example, looking up on our app, like, hey, does Indium have a market for it? Yeah. Didn't have to send us an email, didn't have to make a phone call. In the moment, you get real-time information about what we can and can't do with you. Um, that'll be a huge solve because I think something like 70% of our requests in the last few months have all been what we call market inquiry. So that's jamming up our team because we're doing manual back and forth. Man, let's let's build self-service for them. Then the, the next big piece we're really focused on is that accord form. How can we make that a more streamlined process where you're not in your AMS, creating an accord form, detach it, attach it to an email, send it to somebody, what's out there that we can automate that workflow? As an example, we're looking at Broker Buddha. So, you know, is that the answer? Don't know yet. We're looking into it. Um, so if they're listening, they're going to get a call from us here soon. Um, but those are the technologies that we're pursuing to make, basically, we're focused on the agent experience and how can we make that better, faster, and more accurate for everybody. So um, is that yeah, no, absolutely. I, I mean, I just learned that Indium has an app. I didn't even know that existed. Talk for a second about what that looks like and what it um, what it does for people. And I mean, look, I we just launched the first iteration of the Killing Commercial app. And so I understand the app building process and adoption rates and then the recreation and right. education that goes with that at a pretty deep level. That's like the 10th mobile app I've created and distributed in my life. So I know that stuff pretty nice. well, but I'm interested because I didn't realize that um, that you guys have an app, and that that's a great feature. You know, just like you said, if people are using it to access, do you have a market for uh, something? That's huge when, for people on the road. Right. Well, I'm gonna um, follow up with you after this call because I do need someone to build it. So just to clarify, we don't that app's not up oh, and okay, running yet. It. But got I it. use okay. I use that as the example of where can an app come into play with data that we know exists Got out it. there. So today, so yeah, sorry, just to, to clarify that, but truly like that would be such an awesome experience that, Hey, I'm just going to fire up the Indium app while I got you. Let me see if my partners at Indium can write this for us. Boom. Done. Like that well, would be awesome. Well, I can awesome. tell you, I mean, one of the things that makes our killing commercial community so special is the fact that it's a community, right? I mean, we don't, we, we will only right. work with agents, you know, one agent in a particular geography, because we want collaboration without competition. But it was very yep. cumbersome until the mobile app got launched, because the only way to access the community was from a desktop or a mobile browser, which just isn't fun to have to log into. Now we have push notifications. Now all of our content is I aggregated in one place. And everybody's able to, to communicate much better. But, um, you know, with that comes education and adoption because people have to get actually download the app to use it. But to your yep. point, it's yep. a kind of thing now where one of our producers is getting, you know, one of the producers in the program is getting ready to go into a new business appointment and something comes up that was a, you know, sort of a surprise at the last minute, they can go in there, boom, hit a push notification, and me or one of the mentors inside the program is going to get that or all of us and be able to reach out to that person immediately to help them before they go in and end up having an absolute yep. disastrous first appointment. So it's been really cool uh, from from that aspect in the, the continued engagement and management of the community. 
you're going to do a bunch of stuff for education. And I'm obviously a big believer in that. I mean, if you want people to write clean business and you want them to write business that sticks to improve retention and profitability, education goes with that. And it's education outside of CIC and CPCU and all of those other things, because at the end of the day, there has to be a sales process. There has to be, um, you know, understanding of sales psychology and all of the things that go into what it takes to produce everything from personal lines all the way up through middle market commercial. Um, I know that my, my buddy Mick Hunt is going to be part of that uh, with Premier Strategy Box. Yep. Kyle and I have had him yep. on the podcast, and I've gotten to know Mick over the last year or two. Uh, super solid guy and definitely brings a lot to the table. Um, you know, I know that I'm going to do what I can to put together some commercial training for the people in the Indium network and be able to... Um, share some of my experiences in the things that have helped in the commercial side of things. And so talk a little bit about what you see coming down the road, because to me, that's a huge value add for anybody who wants to be part of the network. And I mean, what you're basically building at this point, in my opinion, is a market access company that's just going to get these people in a freaking bear hug and not let them leave because there's so much value outside of just the market access that if you look at it, they wouldn't be able to afford, you know, there's just no way the, or they wouldn't be willing to afford yep. it. And you're going to be able to tie that yep. and be able to directly correlate that to their success. And it's going to be a huge opportunity for people. Yep. I, I love it. And um, it does speak to back to when we had that challenging discussion of what do we want to be when we grow up? Um, we wanted to be more than market access. Yes, that's how we grow and that's how we all make a living. And, and that's what we call our core business. But what more can we do to enhance that core business? Let's bring resources to make us better at that. And um, just like you said, training, you know, producer development, producer hiring and recruiting, that's a big issue. We constantly hear agents are struggling to find, find them first, make sure you're hiring someone who's going to stick. And then once you got them, create a great experience for them, train them, coach them, make it stick as you know, Mick and I were talking the other day, I think the statistic is something like 60 or 70% of new producers fail in the first 12 months at a cost of 50 to $60,000 to the principal. So you see those statistics and you say, Hey, how can we help? I don't want that to happen. in in our network, like you said, David, community is a word that's starting to surface for us. And admittedly, we've probably not done as good of a job as we could really building that community feel, meaning you guys are independent agents. Everyone wants to be independent, but they don't want to be alone. They don't want to be in it by themselves. How can we create that community feel? And part of it is all this stuff. It's all like, hey, I wish I had help training one of my, one of my producers. I've, I've heard this from principals over the years. I just don't have time. All right, well, let's bring resources to bear where people can fill that role for you and make sure those producers succeed. So uh, bringing Mick to the table with Premier Strategy Box is going to be huge for us. David, what you're doing with Killing Commercial, and especially on the commercial line side of things, our network is about 50-50 personal lines to commercial lines. But really, as we know, you got to grow the commercial side of your agency. And that's a different animal than personal lines. So uh, bringing guys like you and Mick to the to the to the dance with our agents um, is going to be huge. We have 
a big opportunity with, especially with our new agents coming in, right? They're trying to learn us. They're trying to learn how to do business with us, but we want them to be successful. We just don't want to be order takers. Let's help them be successful and bring resources to help them get to where they want to go. Um, you know, in the spirit of that's what you get when you, you're an Indium agency partner, you get access to all these great guys and great processes and training because we want to grow that core business of market access. Good deal. What have we left out, man? Uh, that was a lot. I survived. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of any. Kyle, can you think any other questions that you have? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we I talked about what's, anything else what's coming missed. up. What you know, how we got there, the tech that's that's on the uh, horizon, and all that. I mean, how do people find? Yeah, you, I mean, I, guess? I think I, don't know. I think the other. Th- well, yeah, I think the other thing too is, again, to your point, Chad, and I want people to understand this as a going concern and a growing going concern, you know, you're not going to be the same at this time next year as you are right now. I mean, you have a good mix of carriers, but who knows what that looks like a year from now. That could be a broader offering. You know, one of the things that I, one of the things that, you know, me personally looking from the outside in, you know, for a, a couple of years now, it was obvious to me that you guys were born out of the Midwest, right? Because it's very difficult for Correct. me in Florida to deal with, you know, have contracts with number one, I can't even get contracts with people like Grange because they're not here. And so, you know, what I what I look right. forward to watching over the, the coming years is how is that going to expand? As you expand into other states, what other regionals will we be able to pick up for those states? But also what other yeah. nationals are we going to be able to bring into the mix? Because we now have representation across the country. And, you know, again, people, yep. if <laughs> volume speaks volumes, I mean, it is the be all end all profitable volume is even more powerful. And I mean, we're in a very bad property market in Florida right now. That's no secret, right? But if I were an Indium agency and we had millions of dollars of premium and spread of risk across the country, I might be able to get a deal done that I wouldn't get done otherwise. So those are the kinds of things to be thinking about before you say, well, you know, I don't really need market access. I'll run with what I've got, you know, da 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 da. <laughs> now, now, power comes in numbers. That's one of the reasons why Killing Commercial has been uh, as successful as it has is because we've just created a freaking pack mentality. We we are inseparable. We run in packs, and yeah. we have everybody's back no matter what. And I think that's the cool part about the culture that you're breeding. And, and you know, it's not lost on me. Your comment that we want to be independent, but we don't want to be alone is dead on the money. Nobody out there wants to be out on an island running their agency. At some point, every single one of us runs into things that we really need to be able to pick up the phone and talk to somebody and say, hey, here's what I've got. <laughs> Have you ever dealt with this before? How did you get out of it? What What are my best practices? Whatever else. And I mean, I think that that's huge. And as the culture continues to shift and adapt, if you can get people to buy into that, you've got something even more special than what's already been created. Yeah. And, you know, Kyle, you spoke of it earlier, mistakes we've made in the past is telling an independent agent what they should do. <laughs> like that's, that's not a, it's more of, you know, keep your mouth shut and listen and then figure out how you can add value. Cause it's different for everybody. And, um, that's the key is like, you know, and it speaks to the agents that we're succeeding with, man, they value independence. They are fiercely independent. They're business owners. They're entrepreneurial. I think that's one of the things of our industry that sort of gets lost or not messaged enough is, how entrepreneurial it is to run an agency. I mean, David, you're running an agency and a program on a, on a national level like that is super cool. 
I think, you know, our industry offers a lot from being entrepreneurial, risk takers, tech savvy. I, I would love that message to get out there more. And, um, you know, we want to be there with that group. So, yeah. And what I like about it is you're for, you're, again, for agents, by agents, by agents, for agents, but allow people to remain independent. One of the biggest issues that I have right now with our industry is that the people think that the service providers need to consolidate, that when new technology comes out, it should be consumed by the giants. And I will tell you right now, the giants haven't figured out we're independent for a reason. And I will always push back against consolidation because it is not in the best interest of our industry. I don't care what anybody says. There is a big disconnect between how an independent agent thinks and how a software salesperson thinks, period. That, you know, they yeah. have one job. They're going to sell you a product. That's not what we're interested in. We're interested in not having, you know, not getting jabbed with increased fees and lack of choice, period. Yep. What would happen if we did that to our clients? We would all be captive agents, right? Because we right. would only have one option, one pricing structure, and everything else. And so I commend you guys for the platform that you've built. I commend you for the vision and the culture shift that you started, you know, seven, eight years ago. And I am just ecstatic and excited to see what happens going forward because I know that it is going to change the face of a lot of agencies. And by doing that, by extension, it's going to change the way business gets done in the industry. And you know what? The biggest compliment that you guys could get is if competition starts to show up because other people think that they can do what Indium's doing. Guess what? There's a head start. You guys have a lot of brain power. Good luck, people. Good luck. <laughs> Well, I, I appreciate that, that, David, and thanks for having me with you guys today. I mean, um, it's fun to tell our story. I, I like, you know, like I said, at our core, we're here to do things in the most agent-friendly way. We, we value your independence, agents' independence, and hey, if we, can do, if we can do good things together, that's the way to do it. So I appreciate being here with you guys. Absolutely, man. Tell them how to find you because I know they're going to come. Yep. Goindium.com. We do have a website. That internet thing is here to stay. So uh, goindium.com. All of our stuff is there. If anyone needs to get a hold of me, I'm on LinkedIn. You can email me at cedie at goindium.com. I love talking with agents across the country and uh, seeing what we can do to help. So and if you're worried Chad's going to try and sell you something, feel free to reach out to me and I'll get you guys connected. If you have questions, it's funny, man. I've actually got two calls this week from that one LinkedIn post that I put up a couple weeks ago where agents reached yeah, out yeah. to schedule time with me. So I look forward to making those introductions once we're wrapped up with our calls today. Thanks a lot for being on, man. Really appreciate it. Yep. And we will yep. talk to you. Actually, I'm going to see you next week. So have a, uh, have a good fourth, but I'll see you on the fifth. Good fourth. Yeah, thank you guys. This was a blast. I appreciate it. All right, it. man. See Have you. a good one. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com. Killing Commercial.